Good morning, everybody. It's March 11th, 2021. The COVID relief bill passed yesterday uh, in the U.S. House of Representatives and has already passed the Senate. It is done. It now goes to the President Joe Biden to sign on Friday. He's going to sign it at a ceremony tomorrow, Friday, at the White House. Just just a great thing for America. Nothing's ever perfect, but this is a good, good thing for this country. This is David Domke. This is the Fight to Vote podcast. We are uh, in the midst of a months-long body of work to uh, to block voter suppression as best we can in the states and to strengthen voter expansion and support and protection at the federal level. Um, the work is vigorous. This is our team advocacy work. And uh, it's also the, uh, the work of us at Common Power generally. Even if you're not making calls, this is still what we've signed on to do. Um, and so one way or another, our education, our field work, our leadership development, our fundraising, our partnerships, um, all of that we do is connected to us working for voting justice. I want to devote this podcast this morning um, as part of the series on the fight to vote. I want to devote this podcast to a little overview of, of Common Power as an organization. Um, there's a lot to cover there. I wouldn't wouldn't try to do it all, but I want to hit a couple highlights about who we are and um, why we why and how we do this work. Tonight is a uh, important uh, event for us. It's our CP celebration, and we're celebrating um, the installation of our first executive director, Charles Douglas. It is time for us as an organization to have an executive director and also going to hear from um, four people about some directions for work going forward. Um, and then we're going to hear from everybody else on our staff as well, uh, more briefly about what something they're excited about. So we're going to hear from a bunch of people. We'll also hear from uh, three donors and supporters, people who've been with us from the day one, from the very beginning. And uh, they'll talk about why they why they believe in us, why they have invested in us, and why they are uh, excited about where we're going. So if you can join us tonight, please do. If you listen to this podcast and that event is already over, past March 11th, then it will be posted on our um, website for everybody to take a look and listen, and it will be worth it. I assure you, it will be valuable. It'll be great. It'll be a great community moment. So we were started as an organization just about two years ago. March 3rd, 2018 was our very first public thing. We had been developing the idea of Common Power at that time called Common Purpose um, from, uh, let's say, September-ish, autumn, autumn 2017, and had talked about it, thought about it. Um, I and a couple others had gone out and uh, basically uh, pitched it to 
some uh, some potential volunteers who might take on leadership roles. Um, I had gone on a trip to Washington D.C. to uh, Virginia more generally to Gettysburg uh, to Harper's Ferry, places of really great significance in this country. I had gone there uh, in autumn of 2017 and had come back from that really just uh, ready, ready to, to create something. And so we put together a team in autumn 2017. The, uh, the, uh, one of the very first persons that I talked to, I think the first person that I talked to outside of the, uh, the one or two people that I was noodling over the idea with, um, was Audrey Musewe, AJ as we call her. And AJ and I had just gotten to know each other a little bit before that, um, through some family connections and, and I had just been so impressed by her and, and, uh, and also knowing that, uh, in my life when I was in my mid twenties to, to kind of upper thirties, that, uh, having the chance to talk to people a little bit older than me who had had success and could help us, could help me to kind of think about where I was going had been valuable. And so AJ and I had built a bit of a friendship and I reached out to her and talked to her about being part of Common Power. <laughs> she had never done anything like this uh, in terms of political work. His, his, it, was not, it was not high on her list of, of things to do, political work uh, per se. But she got on board, and I still remember that, and I won't ever forget it. We had a chocolate chip cookie, and she got in. She, uh, she got excited, and she's like, I'm in. I'm in. And, uh, and she is. And... Uh, that's part of this very strong bond that she and I have for this organization. Um, so AJ and I and a bunch of others got pulled, got, uh, pulled things together and had this launch on March 8th, 3rd, 2018 and had a, a workshop in, on Cap, in Capitol Hill. And I thought maybe 30, maybe 50 folks might come from lectures of mine, from other connections. And we had a, at least a couple hundred people there. And, uh, and Charles Douglas came that day for the first time. We, we had not met Charles and I, and he came and, um, you know, he, he's, he's shared this story a number of times, but he, you know, he looked around the room and there weren't many people who, who, uh, outside of the leadership team who looked like him, uh, most everybody else was older and, and white. And, uh, but Charles like, you know, I'm going to give this a shot. I'm going to take a look. I'm going to listen. And, at a break, he came up and talked to me, and uh, next thing we know, he's 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 on board leading a team to Wisconsin where he'd never gone before, and that's just kind of indicative of his spirit and his his uh, can do ness, and uh, and he's been all in ever since. So putting having him tonight take over, or he, officially it'll happen in April, but we're going to celebrate it tonight. Having him step into the executive director position, I I couldn't be more excited. I, he's he is outstanding, a great partner, a great friend, somebody who believes in this organization, who thinks carefully about it, has done the work every step of the way, has had vision, drive. Uh, it's just going to be great. So we launched that day and ended up, uh, we started out as a nonpartisan organization. We were going to do voter registration and we were going to mobilize people to vote. We we're going to still push them to vote, do get out the vote work. 
but we were going to really see that as separate from our organization. It was going to be something our volunteers would do that we would not necessarily have uh, a driving force on. Um, and that's where we started. But for the, after the first uh, several months, it became apparent that many of our volunteers wanted us to be more um, uh, instructive on what candidates to work for and also the rising challenges around voting in this country that were distinctly partisan, not just like happening, but they were being driven by a partisan agenda of Republicans, made it clear to us that that keeping a nonpartisan space only was not going to be uh, as impa- impactful as we wanted it to be. So in July of 2018, we created a political action committee, a PAC, which was uh, you know, quite an intellectual thing for me. Uh, I've been very critical about PACs and their influence in American life as a, uh, in my teaching. Um, but I began to realize that there are certain things PACs can do that uh, can be valuable. And the way that we've created our PAC is we don't set out to give money to candidates, which is what almost all PACs do. We don't give money to candidates. We raise money um, and then fund staff um, and programming to do work. And it is in that leadership development work that we found our bullseye. Um, so we, in 2018, became a uh, joint C3 and PAC. And we have not had our own C3. We were always a fiscally sponsored program of FUSE Innovation Fund, part of FUSE Washington, a great progressive organization here in Western Washington. Um, we've been a fiscally sponsored program of them. But this year, in 2021, we're gonna cre- we are in process and we're getting close to sending it up, our application off to the IRS to create our own C3. Uh, we're going to call it Common Power Future, and it's going to be our own C3 housed in the organization. So the journey from 2018, that workshop, to 2021 today has been just uh, a remarkable ride, uh, you know, an, an anxious ride in American politics. Uh, we did worked in 12 states in 2018, helped to flip the House. Um, we worked in Virginia and Kentucky in 2019, helped to flip the state legislature in Virginia and to win the governorship in Kentucky. We passed, helped to pass uh, or enact life-changing legislation in Florida and in Kentucky and in Iowa, um, instilling the, the, the re-enfranchisement of formerly incarcerated citizens, what we call returning citizens, uh, helping them to regain the right to vote. We, uh, we have created this great Gen Z program, Action Academy. We have launched tons of educational work um, by myself, by AJ. Um, we've done workshops as an organization. We've done civic tours. We did two of them this past in 2020 to Iowa and South Carolina. We are definitely planning to get those up and rolling again uh, after COVID. We have... We worked in, uh, I think, 27 states total in 2021, I'm sorry, in 2020. 
uh, with state teams all over the place. We have uh, helped to win the presidency, to win the Senate in a in this incredible uh, work we did in 2020 for Georgia. We have built partnerships with dozens of organizations around the country. We have built a staff of 13 full-time people. Uh, we just hired our 13th full-time person, uh, Ben Trong, and Ben will be there at our event tonight and we'll get a chance for everybody to, to meet her or meet her again. Um, we have filed monthly reports for the Federal Election Commission um, as part of our PAC every month since July 2018. So you can see every dollar that we've raised or spent. It's all on the FEC.gov website or it's accessible from there. <laughs> all the links are there for each report. Um, we have 1,600 donors. We have uh, 3,500 plus people on our email list. Um, we have you know, between uh, in this last election, 2020, uh, 800 to 1,000 plus folks doing field work. We worked to uh, push for um, voting expansion in 2020 through our advocacy work um, in state after state around the country, and that made such a difference. We have a body of work that we call CP Next, which is targeted to millennials that we're creating a, 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 an educational program for this year. Uh, we've done, been doing education, but we're gonna formalize a, a program that's not dissimilar to our Action Academy program for Gen Zers. We are going to, we are in the process of developing a, 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 a philanthropy action fund for uh, some millennials to get together to make some decisions about organizations in the Seattle area to support um, the kind of work that it's important for us not only to do our work uh, in the field, but also with our treasure. We have Poder Comun, uh, a Spanish-speaking team that started completely organically, uh, envisioned, created, and now being built further by... Uh, Maria Jimenez. Um, we have done book clubs uh, and just so many things that we've done. And I'm thrilled. Our work right now in the fight to vote is for our advocacy is something that we plan to launch in 2021 this year. Uh, we knew that the battle over voting rights would be would be a big thing after 2020. And we plan to launch it this year. But we got it going in 2020 because with COVID, the need to fight for the expansion of voting was essential. And so we've taken some things we've learned from that work and we're doing it right now. The fight to vote today is at its most crucial moment since 1965. The, the racial and legal dimensions that are connected to the attempt to repeal voter access in Iowa, in Georgia, in Arizona, in some things that yesterday uh, just got passed in the last two days in Florida, getting rid of ballot drop-offs. 
that one point something like three million Floridians used, they're now going away. Even though 66 out of 67 county commissioners, election commissioners, uh, indicated their desire to keep the ballot drop off, the Republicans nonetheless voted to remove them. All of this voter battle is about who gets to contribute to our democracy. Who does? Is it all citizens who are 18 years and older? Or is it a cluster of people defined by the people who already hold power? Is it only or largely older, white, economically affluent, highly educated voters who get to decide who our elected representatives are? Or is it all of us, everybody in the American story? The 14th Amendment in 1868 created the law that all people born in this country are citizens in this in America. It's called birthright citizenship. Being born here means you're a citizen. It's, uh, it's unique among Western democracies. But we have never, ever come close to carrying out the full citizenship attributes for all Americans. We have not. We've passed a lot of amendments that are like big picture rules for the country. And we've passed some laws to do this work. But the, the mantle has fallen to us today in 2021 to carry this forward. We have the chance now to pass, to push for and to pass the most important voting rights legislation since the Voting Rights Act. And prior to the Voting Rights Act, there was nothing comparable as a law to make it happen. We've had some amendments, but amendments do not self-enact. Amendments need laws to be carried out. And the Voting Rights Act had been monumentally important, still is, but has been under assault and stripping, being slowly stripped away by Republicans and the Supreme Court. We had the chance to turn, to change that, to, to bend the arc of the moral universe. It's a privilege. It's an absolute honor and privilege to do this work. In 2018, when we launched, we thought, we'll give this a go. We'll give it a shot. We'll see what happens. Since then, I'm, I'm in route to, uh, you know, I've been on leave from since the university, from the university for two years. Charles left a position at Starbucks. AJ left a position at Enviro Issues. Maria left a position at uh, Humanities Washington. All of these are great organizations. But we came to CP to do this work, and we've been joined by a cluster of incredible colleagues. And, and our volunteers have stepped forward to do work, and people in the community have supported us. It's been an incredible journey. <laughs> and it's still just starting. This is what's awesome. It's still just starting, and our next phase begins now with a new executive director. I am all in folks. This is 
the work of my, uh, that I couldn't imagine doing anything else right now. This is, this is it. This is the CP work. This is the CP way. And this is the CP future. Thank you everybody for doing this, for being part of it. Tonight we celebrate it in our next phase and we look forward. Um, and this afternoon before we get to that event tonight, we do the work. We make phone calls on behalf of HR1, which now will be, is moving into the U.S. Senate. We make calls again on Saturday. On Sunday, we call into Georgia and Arizona to fight those bills. And all next week is going to be months long in this advocacy work. The fight to vote is visceral. It's real. It is monumental right now. We've come a distance as an organization, as a community, as a people. Our leadership team is up to this moment. We have a phrase of further together, which is based upon the, the proverb of, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And we are all about further together. Good morning, everybody. Let's get to work.